Here's a call comes ringing o'er the restless waves. Send the light. Send the light. Send the light. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Send the Light podcast. My name is Matt Tyson and here with me is my good friend and brother in Christ, Brother Michael Bolton. Brother Mike, I think I can speak for both of us uh, whenever I say that our gospel meeting that we just had, that we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, I think it was a pretty, pretty big success. I really enjoyed Kevin's preaching and getting into fellowship with everybody, meeting a lot of folks from the community. Uh, if you didn't make it, you missed out. But we'll have another gospel meeting coming up soon. We'll be talking about that in a couple of weeks. Yeah, August. We'll, we'll talk about it as time gets closer, but... yeah. Go ahead and block off. I don't, honestly, I hate to say it, I don't remember the exact dates off the top of my head, but but August sometime. Right. And But yeah, it was really good. I thought his sermons were, were very timely, um, very uh, thought-provoking, and um, uh, yeah, just convicting. Very much. And, um, and encouraging. Yes. I, I was greatly edified and encouraged yeah. with the preaching. Had a n- number of visitors each yeah. night. Got to talk to and get to know a little bit, and that was that was really cool. But yeah, so we're looking forward to August. Uh, Brother Austin Maddox, Lord Willings, coming up from right. down in the Columbia, Missouri area. Anyway, we're so glad that you've tuned in with us today. We've been looking forward to getting back together again. Had some plans get changed and stuff get moved around, but we're we're glad to be here with you again. And obviously, as we've stated before, our hope and our prayer is that we're able to help bring relevant, important Bible topics to your attention and explore what the Bible has to say regarding those topics. It's easy to get lost in the world and and different opinions and different, I think this and I think that. Just kind of want to get back to what the Bible says. If you're listening or watching and you're here with us in the Waterloo or Cedar Falls or the surrounding areas, we'd love to to meet you and, and have you visit with our uh, with us at our assembly. Uh, we meet at 2543 Cedar Terrace Drive in Waterloo. You'll find us there Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And we also have a number of resources and, and we've got, you know, correspondence courses and, and articles, tracks. You know, we can direct you to online material. We've just got a lot to uh, offer you and your quest to grow in the knowledge of God's word. We also love meeting with people and, you know, I'm a coffee fan. Yes. Obviously. Love coffee. And so. But love people more than coffee. Yeah. We, we enjoy uh, <laughs> meeting with people over coffee, with yes. coffee, or not coffee. We can meet somewhere else too. But if you're interested in, in, in meeting with us, having some Bible studies, we'd love to, to do that. Uh, so feel free to reach out to us on our website at www.cedarterracecoc.com. You can find our Facebook page or YouTube page with the handle at Cedar Terrace COC or the email address and phone numbers listed on the screen or in the podcast notes. So as I said, it had been a couple weeks since we've released an episode, but in our last episode, uh, Brother Mike had shared some of what was going on over in Asia as he was over there. And the episode before that, you can actually hear from Brother Wani Chan, who is uh, the evangelist over in Cambodia, and he can share a little bit about his story and kind of how he came to the, the church and the efforts he's involved in over there. But today we want to get back to a kind of our usual format and, and start exploring some Bible topics again. Uh, Brother Mike, what's on the agenda for our conversation today? Well, I've been wanting to talk about living by faith for a long time. You know, you've been busy going, traipsing all over the country, <laughs> and 
I've actually been sick the last couple of weeks. Uh, we got home from Asia. My wife had COVID. And as she was getting better, I got, I don't know if it was the flu or COVID. I tested negative, but, you know, whatever. Um, so our faith was tested during those times. Um, traveling is, uh, is a challenge sometimes. And I know there's tests of faith that comes along with that. But what does it mean? To live by faith today. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of examples of faith in the Bible, and we'll we do. obviously talk about some of that. And it, it does kind of go back, kind of the theme with some of our previous episodes that we've had is just, you know, that people have a, unfortunately, a misguided and, and misunderstood idea of what living by faith means, or um, even what faith is, and, yeah. and the significance of having faith. And so, you know, we want to get back to get back to back to the Bible. back to the bible so before we start i don't want to uh get the the cart ahead of the horse why don't we start with a prayer Let's do uh, for our study father in heaven we thank you for this day for this opportunity to sit with our brother uh, and discuss the scripture and discuss some scriptural principles for the opportunity to record it and the technology that we have today to produce it in a way that many people can view it, can watch, and can comment or question or come visit us and ask questions in person. It's our prayer, Father, that you will help us to be faithful to your word first. And secondly, we pray that you will help us to be edifying to our brethren and then to educate those who may be in the world and confused about whatever topic we may be discussing. We pray, Lord, that you'll be with those who are sick. We pray, Father, that you'll be with the work of the church everywhere, but especially here in the Cedar Valley, that we will go forward in victory with Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So our audience, I'm sure, has an idea in their head of what faith is, what it means to have faith. Now, in today's episode, we're specifically talking about living by faith, as the Bible teaches us, I think it's important to kind of start with some definitions, you know, so we're, we're all on the same page. Um, I had looked up the definition of faith, and, and there's obviously different resources that you can use for that. Um, you know, back in the day, you might remember this, actually, oh. it might be before <laughs> my time, but there's actually a book, uh, I think they called it a dictionary, um, yep. that, that, was, that was actually a thing. It was. Wow. Man. It was a big book. Oh, was it on stone tablets or not quite? Okay. Not quite that old. Well, anyway, I googled it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have dictionaries. I know what dictionaries are. Dictionaries are kind of obsolete anymore. It seems like you know. Thankfully, I enjoy the internet and the access to dictionaries online as well. Yeah, we have such a vast resource there. Yeah, and uh, so so I Googled it, and I looked up what the definition of faith was. Merriam-Webster uh, defined it as without question, fidelity to one's promise, and that's one I'd like to come back to and talk about, or complete trust or confidence. So we would take faith to be kind of the complete trust or confidence yes. in God. Yes. Now, where do people get, where do people start to get lost? Well, I think they start right there with their understanding of faith. You know, Hebrews 11, 1 says, Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, things that are not seen. 
And there is evidence for us to put our faith, our complete trust or confidence in God. Now, I was thinking, you know, people often take that to an extreme and say, well, that means I'm not going to work anymore. God's just going to provide everything that I need. Or other people will take that to the extreme and say, that means that I'm going to trust God for salvation, but there's nothing that I need to hmm. do in order to be saved. Both of those ideas, of course, are unscriptural. Mm -hmm. Well, we were just like you and I were talking about earlier, there's examples in scripture of, of people that we know had faith, but yet they still had to do something. It wasn't yes. that they just, because they have faith, they're now retired and don't have to lift a finger, don't have to work to provide for themselves. And, you know, you know, insert whatever here, you know, they still like, they had faith, but they still had responsibility. We're going to talk a lot about Abraham today. So I want to throw the story of Abraham just in, in just a little bit. Abraham's called the father of the faithful. That's a key phrase and a good description of Abraham because God called him to leave his home and go to a land that he had never seen, maybe had never heard of, and God was going to show him the way and show him what to do when he got there. He did that by faith. And years later, Abraham was an old man. He had waited for many, many years for a promised son from his wife, Sarah. And when his son, Isaac, finally came, uh, we understand the son was probably late teens, early 20s at this time. God told him to take him up to the top of Mount Moriah and sacrifice him. Abraham and Isaac went to the top of Mount Moriah. Abraham tied Isaac up, laid him on the altar laid the bricks, the, the, the wood around the altar, and had raised his hand back with the knife in his hand to kill his son, his promised son, and God stopped him. Abraham was doing all of that in faith. Now, Hebrews tells us, the New Testament tells us, that Abraham's faith caused him to believe that, yes, I'm going to kill my son just as God has told me to do, but God can resurrect him. God can bring him back to life. That's what I think is easily overlooked with that story is when you consider that definition from Merriam-Webster, fidelity to one's uh, promise. Yes. Uh, I should have looked up what that word fidelity is actually loyalty. defined as, but like, yeah, loyalty. I mean, we know what infidelity is and fidelity right. would obviously be the opposite of that, but yeah, loyalty or dedication. And God promised Abraham you know, that there would be uh, a people um, more than the stars in the sky, yep. if I remember right. Yep. Um, and and this was, we all, we know that Abraham and Sarah, Sarah was uh, advanced in years, and they tried to take things into their own hands. Mm -hmm. That wasn't what God wanted with Ishmael and uh, Hagar. And, um, you know, and so when, when Isaac came, Abraham was was sure that this was it. This is the child that God promised me that this lineage would come from. And like you said, you know, he he was willing to sacrifice because he had fidelity to God's promise. It wasn't that he thought that God was reneging on his promise. No. 
he knew that God was going to keep his word and had faith that whether it was from Isaac, like you said, being resurrected or, or whatever, that this is what God promised and he's going to make good on that promise. Well, the writer of the Hebrews says that. Mm-hmm. In Hebrews, Hebrews 11. So what, what other examples come to mind when you think of people that are living by faith? Well, again, staying within the paradigm of Scripture, one of my first ones comes from uh, Matthew, the apostle, the, the man who wrote the first book of the New Testament as we consider it today. Matthew was a tax collector. Um, when he chose to follow Christ and give up his tax collecting business, he lost his standing with the Romans. He never had standing with the Jews. He lost all social position. You know, with Peter and James and John, they could go back to fishing if if something happened and, and the Messiah, Christ wasn't, wasn't actually the Messiah. Matthew put it all on the line. He put it all in God's hands. Now, I'm not saying that Matthew never worked again, but his reputation, his career, mm-hmm. his security in this life was all in God's hands. Yeah. Yeah, that mm-hmm. I, actually I've never really considered that to be an example of living by faith, but I mean that certainly was definitely noteworthy of of considering. And we see that too with other, you know, the yeah. disciples all came from very what's the word? They all made sacrifices to they follow did. Jesus. Every one of them. And and that was that required a great deal of faith. So I have in my notes here, faith, living by faith, is based in obedience. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What, what what do you think? I'll tell you what, what comes to mind when you say that is is what it's not. Okay. And and what I mean by that is is there's a very common misunderstanding of the scriptures that states that belief is all that's required right for heaven to be saved right and so that's the opposite of that statement you know faith equals obedience but faith does not equal salvation it's required for salvation but it does not equal salvation the apostle paul says in romans chapter 1 verse 17, that justification is by faith. Mm-hmm. But this is not universal justification. That doesn't mean that everybody's going to be saved, nor does it mean unconditional election. Those are big terms, which basically means that God's chosen a person to be saved and there's nothing he or she needs to do or worry about. I was thinking, you know, James talks about in James chapter yes. 2, um, he says in, in verse 17, even so faith, if it has no works, is dead by itself. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by my works. But here's where you know we talk about faith equaling salvation. He says, you believe there's one God. You do well. The demons also believe and, and New King James says, and tremble, you know, they, they recognize the, the goodness and severity of God, as Scripture says. And so 
that's and then he even goes on to talk about i believe he goes on to talk about abraham here yeah in the next verse uh but you are willing to recognize you foolish fellow that faith without works is useless was not abraham our father justified by works when he offered up isaac his son on the altar and so and he continues to go on and recount abraham's experience but faith without works is dead it's a dead faith so building off of what the Apostle James said, what James said, that faith based in, in Abraham's life was shown by his works, demonstrated by his works. And this is what saved Abraham. His works were, well, in short, they were obedience, leaving the land of, leaving his home, his homeland, going to the land of promise making the trip to Moriah and being willing to put his son, his only son, the scripture says, on the altar to sacrifice him. What obedience is that? You know of another one I think of often when I think of this in the in the Old Testament as well is Noah. Hmm. It had not rained, the scripture tells us, and God told Noah to build an ark, build a boat, for the saving of his household, as we're tying scriptures together. Noah did it. Took him 120 years of preaching and work to build this ark. But when it was ready, the rains came and the flood that destroyed civilization at that time. And his house was saved. Something significant to think about with that is Noah had friends and family who didn't have the faith that he had. And I think that's I think that's noteworthy. Faith is I think faith is something like especially when we think about child rearing and and you know the impressions we make on our family like it has to be a major part of our life. And yeah, there's there was something in some of Noah's family that didn't have faith. I I had something I was thinking of. Um, one thing that people say, <laughs> what? I thought you were thinking about something. Yeah, I always hesitate because I don't want to cut you off if okay. you're talking about something, and then that equals awkward silence. <laughs> anyway, um, but one misconception when we're we're talking about faith without works being a dead faith and we're kind of getting into a little bit of what we've talked about in previous episodes but i'm sure we'll talk about in the future as well i think we talked about the sinner's prayer Mm -hmm. and and that ties into the idea of salvation a faith-based well i shouldn't say faith-based salvation because we believe in a faith-based salvation um but a faith only based salvation and people people want to uh, one thing that comes to people's minds is, well, what about the thief on the cross? And we haven't talked about the thief on the cross in great detail no. on, a, on an episode, I don't believe. We should do that sometime. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the quick and the, 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 the quick answer to that. What about the thief on the cross? Wasn't he saved by faith alone? No, he absolutely was not. He put his trust in Christ, and Christ promised him that he would be with him in paradise. There is clear indication that he was saved under the old covenant 
And while Jesus was here on earth, he had the authority, the power, as he does still, only he does, to forgive sins. So the thief on the cross was saved because Jesus forgave his sins at that point. And that's really, that's what, usually what my go-to response to that is, is, is you know, when we, when we talk about the, the Bible demonstrates in the new covenant, we live under the new covenant today. And so we are bound by those laws and that, you know, the, the book of Hebrews illustrates it by talking about a Testament, you know, the, and requiring the death of a testator for that to come into effect. And so when Jesus died, when that new covenant came into effect, that's what we are bound by today. So we can't really look at the old Testament and, and, compare ourselves to things under the Old Testament because, well, first of all, we're not, most people are not obeying all the rules and regulations that they were under under the Old Testament. But also, uh, Matthew chapter 9, so getting away, not even so much talking about the difference of the Testaments, this is Jesus Christ who's hanging on the cross who told this man, today you'll be with me in paradise. In Matthew chapter 9, in verse 1, it says, And getting into a boat, Jesus crossed over to the sea and came to his own city. And behold, they brought to him a paralytic laying in a bed. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralytic, Take courage, son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man blasphemes. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why are you thinking evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk? That that's also kind of a kicker right there. This man, people knew he was a paralytic. People knew that, that he wasn't walking. Uh, he had these these major physical issues. Today, modern day faith healers, as as we'll call them, these people are not laid up like people in 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 this day and age were. Right. You know, people today. I mean, you'll see them. They'll they'll walk up. Onto the stage, I was uh, one couple months ago. I came across an old uh, what's his name Benny Hinn video, and this guy walked up on stage and was talking about he had chronic pain, and Benny Hinn healed him of his chronic pain. Come on, you know Jesus healed a paralytic, somebody that everybody knew couldn't walk. But anyway, he says. Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, get up, pick up your bed, and go home. And I like how the Bible says, and he got up and went home. And, and so when it comes to the thief on the cross, he had faith. But this is a, a, a very specific circumstance Yes. To where, and, and we've had that conversation before that, hey, if Jesus Christ came and told you that your sins are forgiven, <laughs> congratulations, your sins are forgiven. But that's not what's going on. Jesus has given us instruction on how to receive that forgiveness in his absence, you know, after he's ascended and, yes, and gone on. So the just shall live by faith. Faith is based in our obedience. There's a relatively obscure Old Testament story uh, that I want to kind of shine some light on because the Apostle Paul did when he quoted this 
uh, phrase um, from Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 2, uh, verse 2 through 4 tells us, The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, a soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Now, what in the world? I mean, we're making the case that that faith is not spoken of as much in the Old Testament as it is in the New, and that's very true. But what in the world is Habakkuk talking about, or what is God saying to Habakkuk when this happened? The story behind the story is the people of Judea were uh, in rebellion against God. And in order to correct them, God was sending the Chaldeans. He describes them as a mean and nasty people. Those are the words that God uses, in, as is translated in some of our English versions anyway, um, to destroy the people of Judea, to uh, annihilate them, to utterly obliterate that country. Um, I'm sorry, it was Israel, the northern kingdom. And um, God says, Habakkuk, you go and tell the people to run, to pack up and leave. And those who were listening, those who recognized that this is God's word, they got up and left and they were spared. They were saved. But others, they were carried away into captivity. And those 10 tribes that made up the northern kingdom, you can't find them anymore. They're gone. God punished them because of that. I think that many of those people who fled, fled to Benjamin and Judah, which is Israel, as, as we understand it today, the southern kingdom. God says that the just will live by faith. They will not ex, uh, experience the punishment that I'm sending them from the Chaldeans mm -hmm. because they've listened to my word and they fled. Basically, God is saying, if you do what I tell you to do, you'll be saved. Jesus said many times, um, if you love me, mm -hmm. you'll keep my commandments. You will know that you love me in that you are keeping my commandments. And John tells us that in 1 John. Those who are faithful to the Lord's word will be accounted as just and consequently will not die, is what Habakkuk is telling to telling the people. Mm -hmm. So what kind of application then? I mean, there is application there. Strong and, application. And we talk about the difference of the covenants, but you know, the Bible teaches us that the Old Testament <clears throat> is there to be, you know, as a schoolmaster to teach right. us. Romans and there's 15. so much that, correct, there's so much that can be taken from the Old Testament. And even though we don't live by that testament That's or by right. that covenant or under that covenant, I should say, there's still things to strengthen our faith under the new covenant. Well, we're fortunate in this particular instance because Paul used the exact same phrase, Romans 1, verse 17. Mm -hmm. Let me read 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So what saves us today? Faith. 
Right. Which is without works is dead. Dead. The works of salvation, you know, many people say, oh, I believe God and I believe Jesus and I believe in Jesus. So I'm saying that's not what the scripture teaches. Mm-hmm. The scripture teaches that faith is where it starts. We repent of our sins. We make the good confession. We're baptized into water. These are the things that Jesus has commanded us. We've talked about this before, and I love, I've completely stolen the term that you use, the conditions that Jesus set for us. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about kind of something we were just talking about earlier, though. When you talk about, uh, you talk about faith, where was I going to go with that? John 3, verse 16 you know, people point to that uh, a lot of times and they misunderstand it because they say that, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes, believes. So there's, there's faith. belief. Yeah. Yep. Um, but then it gets to the next part. Whoever believes shall, should have everlasting life. Now, I think people take that sometimes and they interpret that as saying that if you believe, you won't perish. A good friend of ours says John 3.16 is not an island into itself. Correct. <laughs> That's very it's true. one verse in the middle of other verses. And if you take the verse dividers away and, and put it back into paragraphs, it's a sentence in the middle of a paragraph. So there's mm-hmm. context. When I think of that passage, this kind of just popped in my head. Um, you know, we're, we, Ashley and I talk a lot to our girls about the importance of when we say stop, you stop. Like in your tracks, yeah. you stop. Whatever it is you're doing, where, wherever it is you're going, if we say stop, you stop. And we're very big on that. And that's a, uh, you know, something that we really want them to know and understand. But if I say, you know, if I told my my daughters, you know, don't go and lay down in the middle of the road. And if you believe me, you'll be saved. You'll be safe. Now, they, you know, they recognize by believing they will be safe because they're not going to do something that will ultimately harm themselves. And that's kind of along the lines, maybe there is a better analogy that was just what popped in my head but if i believe jesus and i believe his teachings and i believe what he came to do i'll be saved because i'm going to obey him that's right i can give a personal illustration um my dad and i i was little i i think i was a teenager but it was early teens maybe pre-teens um we were fishing and we were out with a friend in his boat on a small lake in, in, in central Michigan. And uh, me, being the most inexperienced at the time, I got my uh, hook and, and bobber caught in some bushes on the shore because we were fishing for bluegill and, and crappie that were, you know, they're going to be in shallower water. So we decided that I would use another pole to continue fishing, and when we got ready to move to another spot, we'd go up there and get it and save, hopefully, the line and all like all the equipment that was on the other end of it. So when we got ready to move and we, st- we started p- the boat that direction, uh, 
I remember distinctly my dad yelling at me, get back, get back. I didn't. I froze. I knew that there were two other people in the boat, a smaller boat, 12-foot aluminum, you know, the little motor outboard on it. I knew that there were other people behind me, but I was scared to move back because I didn't want to capsize the boat. Well, what I didn't see was a snake in the branches right where my bobber was. And Daddy says that he was poised, ready to strike as soon as I got into striking distance. Mm. And I froze. Now, my dad did something that he has never done. He, he never did after or had never done before. He grabbed me by my collar and slung me around behind him. I remember, I mean, I was 120, 30 pounds, something like that. I remember my feet going out over the water. <laughs> I had no idea he my dad had that, much, had that much strength. I don't think it was. I think it was adrenaline and mm -hmm. fear because he knew I was fixing to get bit by what appeared to be a poisonous snake. Mm -hmm. I didn't trust my dad's words to get back. Mm -hmm. Now, thankfully, he was able to save the day, but yeah. that's living by faith. Yep. We have... You know, whenever I'm working on the ambulance, you know, that's something that we spend a lot of time talking about is is having that trust in your partner and, and the person you're working with. You know, we're not obviously we're not going into situations quite as dangerous as cops or things like that. But but there are definitely times that, you know, we get in some pretty sketchy situations and and whether it's that or whether it's just trying to take care of a, somebody in a bad situation, if if I tell my partner to do something like we don't need to discuss it. I need them right. to do it. And, and that's what Jesus wants out of us. You know, he wants, he, he's told us what to do and he wants us to do it. And, and it, 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 God hates the fact that, that Satan is, has, has thrown out all this religious confusion and, and twisted the definitions of some of these words and what they mean. And, and, and all that kind of stuff because he's winning, you know? Yeah. In, in this moment, it appears like what his tactics are working. Now, we know through the scriptures that he's not going to win That's right. ultimately. And that brings up a topic, another rabbit trail that we could talk about sometime. Why do good people suffer? I think you did an episode by yourself where you oh, addressed yeah. it uh, briefly. briefly. Um <laughs> But a lot of people ask, you know, if God is so good and so powerful, well, why does he allow such suffering? Well, it's, it's the truth is he doesn't allow it. There's a day coming in which he will judge the world. And to your point that it looks like Satan's winning right now. In the end, he's not. Mm -hmm. And he knows that too. And that's part of living by faith that we trust that God's got this even if I suffer a little bit right now even if I have to give up a job or lose my career in order to live righteously we have to trust that God's got this in control and that in eternity it's going to work out so I know we're getting to the end here. Can I read a couple of passages yes. out of Hebrews 11? Kind of talks exactly, and we've talked a little bit about it already, but Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. 
For by it the men of old gained approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he was approved as being righteous, God approving his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. By faith Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God took him up, for prior to being taken up he was approved as being pleasing to God. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who draws near to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place Uh, which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Uh, Skipping down to verse 13. And these all died in faith, without receiving the promises, but having seen them, and having welcomed them from a distance, yeah. and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. That was kind of what I wanted to get yeah. to, is that's applicable to us today. We may suffer. We may go through hard times. But that faith, if we allow it to, will carry us to that it reward. It will. One final point, Hebrews ten thirty-eight and 39. Would you open yeah. and read that up again? Yes, Hebrews sir. 10, 38, and 39. This is the two verses before you started reading just now. But my righteousness, uh, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. So the writer in Habakkuk and the writer in Romans, Paul, and the writer in Hebrews, I think Paul as well, are saying the same thing. Living by faith means not drawing back. Mm-hmm. It means that when we read something in Scripture and when we understand what it says, that's the way we live. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter the cost. That's what we do. It means that we're faithful to the covenant of grace that's found in Christ Jesus. Amen. Might I say it means obeying God no matter what? Correct. Even if we do go through troublesome times, yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine the heartache that Abraham went through, leaving the Ur of the Chaldees, his home, his family, his traditions, Mm -hmm. his comfort place. But he was obedient to God because of his faith. Yeah. Are we, do we have that same faith? I think that's a question that we have to ask ourselves and, you know, hopefully our audience will ask themselves. We need to ask ourselves that on almost a daily basis Mm -hmm. uh, that we make sure that we strive to have that faith. Mm -hmm. That's all I got for today, brother. How about you? I'm, I'm done. You know, this, this episode has been a real pleasure to me. I, I think Matt does as well. Enjoy taking a false doctrine head on living by faith means so much more than just an empty 
trust in a vague God somewhere. He's a living, powerful, personal God who is involved in our lives. And I love to discover from Scripture, uh, in a friendly manner, hopefully, the truth on these topics that are, are full of false doctrine. It's our joy, our hope, that you've been encouraged and edified uh, to do God's will to the best of your knowledge and the best of your ability, and we're here to help. We have a correspondence course. We have other materials that we can send you. Uh, we have internet capability where we can meet with you online. Or if you live close enough, we can meet with you in person over a cup of coffee or not. Tea. Um, we drink tea as well. That's right. We don't uh, discriminate. <laughs> no discrimination. And if you if you live in the Waterloo Cedar Falls area, we'd love to have you come visit us at our assembly at the at the congregation where we worship at two five four three Cedar Terrace Drive in Waterloo, Iowa. Um, our assembly times is ten thirty Sunday morning and seven o'clock Wednesday night. So we're anxious to meet you and anxious to meet folks in the community. My name is Michael Bolton. I'm an evangelist serving this congregation, working and trying to build the kingdom here. Brother Matt is my friend and co-worker in this effort. You can reach me at 903-491-6802. My email address is on the screen as well, mwbolton2001 at yahoo.com. Please reach out and make comment. We love your feedback. We love even your criticism. I'm sure that I can do better. Uh, and, and we want to discuss these things. That's right. If, if there's a difference of what you believe the scripture says, we want to be right too. And, and we want to discuss those things. I believe that I have room to grow, so I might learn something from you. Amen. I hope I do. What's your phone number and email? I know uh, it's on the screen. I'll put it on the it. screen, yeah. 319-493-2900 or the guy from down south at <laughs> gmail.com. If you couldn't tell by his accent. <laughs> I just wanted something easy. There you go. I was go. tired of people misdoing mis yeah. numbers and letters. Yeah. And so let's keep it easy. Well, that's it. God bless you. Till next time. Yeah, have a good day.